Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z, coming to you from Studio 63 in Bayou Country in a deeply conservative part of the country where people actually get it, where we understand what is actually going on, and where I, your host, Steve Z, tells you the truth, no matter how much it might hurt. Right now, the only people hurting are the American people, as yet another month of massive inflation befalls us thanks to Joe Biden and his Democratic Party and their mishandling of what was, prior to his arrival, a damned robust economy, even though the China virus was taking its toll. I've got a bunch of headlines I'd like to read to you this morning. I'll make some commentary on some of them. Joe Biden, according to Newsweek's Tim Horton, fact check, Joe Biden says guns are the biggest killers of American children. He stood in his podium. He remains in a bind over reforms to gun laws in the U.S. after the aftermath of horrific mass shootings and other firearms-related deaths that have occurred during the first 18 months of his presidency. Here's a guy who said he was going to end gun violence, and it has only gotten far, far worse since he took office. The government recently signed into law background checks for buyers under 21. That should be illegal, but hey, they passed it, so now it's a law. They don't pass those same background checks on military folks who are willing to give their lives for their country. They are expected to learn how to use firearms. How many deaths are recorded from former military personnel each year? Hmm. The Biden administration lauded the move as a decisive step and a push towards what they want, stricter firearms laws. Most gun control advocates disagree that Biden is doing actually anything. So discussing the new law on Monday this week, Biden, who during his speech was heckled by the father of a teenager killed in the 2018 Parkland uh, school shooting, he made a number of stark claims, Biden did, about the dangers that guns pose to Chirins especially. The claim, a Facebook post published on the official Joe Biden Facebook page, dated July 11th, 2022, includes a video of Joe Biden in which he claims that guns are the leading cause of death amongst Chirins. During the video, the president claims that gun deaths among children account for more loss of life than cancer or car accidents. 3.1 million views, 4,737 4, likes, 761 loves, 3,314 comments, 547 shares. Facebook watch videos from President Joe Biden when guns are the number one killer of America's children. Yes, you read that right. The facts. The spate of mass shootings across the U.S. in 2022 has pushed the question of gun reform back into the center of public discourse. The brutality that occurred at the Robb Elementary School shooting in Uvalde, Texas, has further framed the debate as a matter of children's safety. However, in the case of the president's claim, his arguments, well, not so much. You mean all of the abortions, the millions of abortions of children, are fewer than those killed by guns? Come on, Joe Biden. What about pediatric cancer? What about sudden infant death syndrome? What about the evil Wuhan, China, novel coronavirus? What about car accidents? What about fires? What about head injuries? Oh, they've 
twisted and turned some figures. They've even quoted Johns Hopkins University Medical. The report that they put out says the highest increase in types of deaths was among homicides, which rose to 2,811 in 2020. But are you telling me that, let's just say, congenital abnormalities, 4,043 deaths? Still, guess what? More people died from that than from gunfire. Joe Biden, you can try and blame guns for all of this, but it's just not happening. It's just not true. Let's see what else we have this morning. CNBC says Biden should tap U.S. oil supply instead of begging OPEC for more production, according to an industry body. Mike Summers of the American Petroleum Institute says the U.S. should rely on the energy we have under our own soil, under our own feet. But the Biden administration is begging OPEC and other nations to provide us with oil. Seems a little back-assward to me. Our next headline, Time, Philip Elliott. Why Biden's polling is so terrible. I don't need to read the reasoning why. The picture, by the way, is kind of hilarious. It's a picture of Joe Biden looking very old, very weak, very feeble, with his hands folded almost as if in prayer, right below his chin. After more than 50 years on ballots, Joe Biden knows a thing or two, he thinks, how to keep people happy. But when it comes to explaining why even his own party has had enough of him, he's embraced the teachings of a much younger political figure, the one who famously tapped him as an understudy, Barack Hussein Barry Sotero Obama. Biden's approval numbers are heading towards midterm shellacking, and Obama says it is simply a failure to communicate. What about the rise of ISIS and the rise of those wonderful Taliban who have taken over Afghanistan? I guess that was just a messaging problem. From his first campaign for Senate in 2004 through his exit from Washington in 2017, Obama routinely points to the messenger as the errant player. Not his policy team, not the underlying idea, not even the salesman himself. He calls it a communications failure. And that's what uh, Obama tried to do to, what's the word I should use here? Absolve himself of all of the mistakes he made? My friends, Joe Biden is a failure, a failure. Joe Biden's going to Saudi Arabia, but he doesn't know why. He claims on one breath that it's not to beg OPEC for more oil, but quietly, secretly, that's what he's going there to do. And when he gets there, his refusal to shake hands during the Saudi tour and try to blame it on COVID, something he was supposed to shut down. Remember, I'm going to shut down COVID. I'm not going to shut down the economy. He has shut down the economy, then inflated it, and now has it headed back towards recession. Fox News reporter Peter Ducey says Biden's refusal to shake hands on the Saudi Arabia tour due to COVID is really about avoiding a photo with MBS. Really? Mohammed bin Salman? I think Biden thinks that's a dirty, towel-headed, raghead, and he doesn't want to touch him because... Joe Biden doesn't like filthy foreigners, except those coming across the Mexican border illegally, as long as they agree to vote Democrat in the upcoming elections. A week and a half ago, Fox News did a show in Spain at the NATO summit. Two dozen countries there had indoor meetings. Biden had no problem with shaking hands there, or even at the G7 Germany summit a few days before that. The president does a lot of handshaking. He just does not want anyone taking his picture with the guy wearing the towel on his head. They say it's COVID, just coincidentally, I guess. It's a way to avoid a photo that they really do not want to be seen on the Democrat side. The one with gropey Joe Biden bowing and shaking hands with Mohammed bin Salman. It would prove that we are indeed the weak nation 
that Biden has made us into. Scary stuff. USA Today, Jonathan Turley writes, Biden tries to scare America over the Supreme Court's abortion ruling. The truth is more complicated. Consider the challenge accepted, court. Those were the defiant words of President Joe Biden last week, and they were meant, really, as an anemic political base pandering. In the words of the president, he used that speech to just say, vote, 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 vote. Ironically, it was only part of the president's remarks that is consistent with what the Supreme Court actually said in its decision. In overturning Roe v. Wade, the court ruled that millions of citizens, not nine justices, must now decide the fate of the abortion question. In its decision, the court said that the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision abruptly ended the political process of states dealing with the issues of abortion. It has simply returned the matter to the states where it belongs and has now the states have it in their court. It is up to Joe Biden and his Democrats if they want to kill babies. It's up to Joe Biden to urge local and state elections to allow the lawful murder of innocent children. The Supreme Court is not doing anything wrong here. They simply confirmed what was said by Ruth Bader Ginsburg way back in 1973. The Roe v. Wade decision was put forth on shaky, invalid legal ground. If anyone is to be sued, it shouldn't be the federal government. If anyone is to be demonized here or vilified, it should not be the nine justices of the U.S. Supreme Court. They simply did what they were supposed to do. They referred the matter back to each individual state where the state representatives can make the decisions. Oh, it's easy to just say, make a federal law, but that would require the representatives of each of the 50 states to put forth a baby murder law. And then the senators, two from each state, would have to vote for the baby murder law. And then the president, the Roman Catholic supposedly Christian Joe Biden, would have to sign a law into existence affirming the right to murder babies. Let's face it, in the individual states within our country, even though the Democrats currently control the House of Representatives, the states and their representatives will likely not vote for murder of defenseless children. And I don't know that Biden would actually sign a pro-abortion law into effect and still expect to go to heaven at the end of his life, which he's almost 80. I mean, truthfully, his mind is gone and his body is failing. How much longer does this clown actually have before he meets his maker and has to stand at the pearly gates and go, well, I did it for votes, God, I did it for votes. See, uh, it's not hyperbole here. It's not, you know, God, you know, the, 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 the thing. I'm the most powerful man on planet Earth. The thing, the thing, you know, the thing. I had to do it for votes. That's what Biden has to do at the end of his life. He has to pander to God and defend the fact that he is pro-baby murder. According to Yahoo Finance US, Rick Newman says, there's good news from the Biden White House on gas prices. I'm going to stop before I read the first word of this. I haven't read it yet. Joe Biden is the president who is running around telling Americans that he and his policies are not the cause for the record high gasoline prices of June of this year that were over $5 per gallon nationwide on average. Remember? It's not my fault. It's not my fault. I have very little to be able to do with that. It's not my fault. I'll blame it on Russia. I'll blame it on Putin. I'll blame it on Trump. I'll blame it on Republicans. I'll blame it on greedy oil companies. But I can't blame it on me. Can't blame it on my administration. But now, Biden 
is running around telling people that it is his policies, his programs, his processes, his procedures, and his administration that is now helping to lower gasoline prices. My friends, that's like setting your house on fire, watching it go up in flames, and then running out with the garden hose and say, look, I'm trying, see, I've got a garden hose here. Now, we all know I set the fire, but I'm going to continue to blame everyone but myself. I know, I'll blame the match. I'll blame the gasoline. I'll, I'll, I'll blame electricity. I'll, I'll, I'll blame lightning. It's not my fault that this house is on fire when I set it on fire, but look at me. I've got, I got a gallon of water here. I'm going to throw it on the fire here. Uh, uh, look at me. I'm making things happen. Relief is indeed on the way at the pump, but it has nothing to do with Joe Biden. He has failed so far to do anything positive to reduce gasoline prices. Pump prices peaked in mid-June, as we told you they would. $5.02, $5.03 a gallon on average nationwide. And now the nationwide average is somewhere around $4.70 per gallon. The White House thinks prices could fall another $0.50 cents a gallon, which might put them around $4.15, $4.20 by late summer. Because retail prices lag wholesale prices. It's just supply and demand. But Biden is now trying to take credit for the what he used to call Putin price hike, and now it's going to be the Biden price drop. Overall inflation is now at 8.6%, the highest in 41 years. The Federal Reserve stopped monetary easing and started an aggressive rise in interest rates thanks to Joe Biden's economy. Joe Biden won't take the blame for that. He's still trying to say the Putin price hike. Putin had zero to do with it. From the time Biden took office until Russia invaded Ukraine on February 24th of this year, gas prices rose from about $2.20 per gallon to $3.50 per gallon. So that was well over a dollar increase. And then that 45% increase, he tried to blame on Putin. But Putin hadn't even invaded the Ukraine by that point. Since the invasion, prices continued going up in Joe Biden's economy by another $1.15, $1.20 per gallon. That's another 33%. Even if they try to blame that $1.20 on Putin, which they can't because things were headed in that direction thanks to Biden's economy, I guess we can call the 20 cent a gallon drop this last week the Putin price drop. That's what we'll do. We'll call it the Putin price drop. The Biden gasoline price rise and the Putin price drop. Inflation doesn't only threaten Biden's popularity. It will end the Democrats' control of both houses of Congress in the midterms and likely destroy Biden's chances of re-election in 2024. One can only hope. This is the Truth Hurts program. ABC News yesterday afternoon reported Mexico is going to pay $1.5 billion in a joint initiative with the U.S. to improve infrastructure at the U.S.-Mexico border. In other words, they're going to finally admit that Trump was right. They're going to finally admit that a barrier, a physical deterrent, is needed to control the flow of the 2 million-plus illegal, trespassing, criminal, law-breaking, invading migrants at our southern border since Biden took office. Of course, they won't admit that it was Trump's doing. He says Mexico's investment is a part of the $1.2 trillion infrastructure law, $3.4 billion to a major construction project at the ports of entry between our two countries will make our border safer for the people, for trade and commerce, Biden said. We're making historic investments in infrastructure modernization across our 2,000-mile border with Mexico. Biden told Mexicans President Lopez Obrador 
And the American people should know, Mr. President, that you're also making a significant investment on your side of the border to improve infrastructure to meet the needs of our times and the future. Remember when Trump said Mexico would pay for the wall? It looks like Biden is ensuring that Trump was correct. Trump said, I will build a great, great wall at our southern border and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. And now Biden is allowing it to happen. My friends, this stuff never, ever gets old. Trump tried and tried to get that wall passed, but the Democrat-controlled Congress, who controls the purse strings, refused to send the money to the president's desk to sign the bill for spending. And now Biden is trying to take credit for Trump's vision, Trump's great wall. Nine people reside on the U.S. Supreme Court and have resided on the Supreme Court as a group of nine. That has gone on for decades, 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 generations. Senate Democrats want to expand the court so that they can make things all liberal and progressive and woke and socialist. According to The Hill, Alexander Bolton says Senate Democrats are divided over expanding the Supreme Court. Senate Democrats say discussions about reforming Supreme Court are picking up steam again in the wake of the Roe v. Wade decision and limiting the EPA's ability to regulate what they claim are climate warming emissions. The talk is being fueled by progressive senators while vulnerable Democrat incumbents fearing backlash are wisely keeping their distance from the subject. Proposals under discussion in the Democratic Party include expanding the Supreme Court, imposing term limits on justices, or even requiring the high court to adopt a Democrat-written code of ethics. Democrats acknowledge they don't have the votes to expand the Supreme Court or put the term limits on justices, but they say recent rulings by the court are fueling support for those ideas. I'm telling you, my friends, they will do anything to lie, cheat, and steal their way into power and to keep power. We have to keep our heads on a swivel. Earlier, I mentioned Biden heading for Saudi Arabia for an embarrassing meeting. Even CNBC, another network turning on the president, says Biden heads to Saudi Arabia for what could be a, quote, embarrassing climb down or a welcome reset. When Biden campaigned in 2019, he vowed to treat Saudi kingdom as the pariah that they are. And as president, he vocally criticized the country's human rights abuses. However, Biden recently wrote in an opinion editorial, or at least someone wrote it and he penned his name to it. From the start, he says, my aim was to reorient but not rupture relations with a country that's been a strategic partner for 80 years. He's going there with a full list of goals right there on cue cards and teleprompters. He's hoping for energy security, hopefully bringing the Saudis and Israel closer together, hopefully advancing a truce in Yemen, and establishing a cohesive regional front against the evil towelhead people of Iran. Oh, was that racist? Tough. This is a controversial move for the feeble, weak-minded Joe Biden, and no one has any real hopes of what he can actually achieve. The visit has spurned plenty of criticism from the left and the right, an embarrassing climb down for revealing a clear reversal from the tough talk against the kingdom that Biden employed during his candidacy, but now is showing what a weak, pitiful excuse for a leader he truly, truly is. There's a guy that I don't like out there, and he's currently working for Fox. But remember, in media, 99% of these people follow the paycheck. They follow the fame. They follow the fortune. They follow the glamour, the glitz. Geraldo Rivera is one of those. Remember Geraldo Rivera? Used to be a so-called investigative journalist. Witch hunts and Bigfoot hunts and all these crazy conspiracy theories he used to chase around. He uh, was on Fox News saying Democrats are frightened, frustrated, and angry. I just can't look at that clown in the face with his mustache and those giant teeth 
and take him seriously. But here's what he wrote, or here's what the Fox News staff wrote. It says, Geraldo Rivera discussed how Democrats are frustrated and frightened by how poorly Biden is doing and how they do not want to see him attempt another run for president. This was said on the Hannity Show. Geraldo Rivera said, quote, You know, I think Democrats are frightened. They're frustrated. They're angry. They're bitter. They don't understand why Joe Biden is doing so poorly. They blame it now on his age. And he is, you know, more frail than he has been. But I also think that when you shake it all down, despite the alarming stories and the fact that so many Democrats are turning on Biden, including the New York Times and New York Magazine, bastions of liberal establishment, it seems to me, I think that in a head-to-head between Biden and Trump, I think the Democrats would say anybody but Trump and we'll take Biden. However, if we have to carry him in on, you know, on a stretcher, I don't know why people have unforced errors, though. I don't know why they can't seem more incompetent. Okay, a bunch of word salad from Geraldo. Bottom line is, the media is indeed bailing on Biden. According to the Washington Examiner's Stephen Miller, one cannot help but notice the major tone of the media coverage of gropey Joe Biden. It started as an anonymous grumbling from Democrat Party operatives talking to the New York Times about the president's poor job performance. But now we're starting to see a louder, on-the-record scream about his competency or lack thereof. These primarily concern the president's age, the polling numbers, which suggest his diminishing re-election chances. Look at Politico's new reporting on the progressive groups now openly calling on Biden to abandon plans for a second term. It's a marked change in attitude, but they still, the leftist media, refuse to look at the Hunter Biden laptop or the Biden crime family and their involvement in Russia, in Ukraine, in China, and in other communist socialist nations. Until recently, the national media had been heavily sympathetic to Biden. But now we're seeing some policy missteps on Biden's part. We're seeing the disastrous effects of Biden's economy. We're seeing the disgusting scene at our southern border with immigration out of control. Two million plus crossing since Biden took office. And they're being escorted to cities on air-conditioned planes and trains and buses and vans. Of course, the shortage and delay of COVID-19 tests at the beginning of this year, the ongoing supply chain crisis, the transportation secretary disappearing for over a month so he could nurse his baby with his gay husband? Come now. How about the baby formula shortage? What about the looming COVID crisis? I thought you were going to shut down the virus, not the economy, Joe Biden. What about the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan that saw 13 service members needlessly murdered while hundreds, if not thousands, of Americans and supporters of America's military were left stranded behind enemy lines. These failures are simply kindling, thrown on a fire that is inflation, that is looming recession, that is higher gas prices, that is also high interest rates, made far, far worse by gropey Joe Biden's massive so-called stimulus rescue plan. And it would have been 10 times worse had the Build Back Broke agenda gone through. Democrats want 2024 options, according to the New York Times. This comes amid a media speculation that the nut job Gavin Newsom of California might make a run. Gay Mayor Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, who had to stay home for a month to nurse his baby, his adopted baby, with his gay husband. Mayor Pete recently relocated to Michigan. Questioning of Biden's fitness, Biden's age, Biden's ineptness are now no longer off the table. And it's very simple. It has a lot to do with Biden's tepid response to the Supreme Court's proper decision on Dobbs versus Jackson, which is the case that eventually toppled the Roe versus Wade disaster. Abortion is also something that will cost Joe Biden dearly. 
The response by Biden to this decision has involved protests and skirmishes, but only very minor ones. No legitimate executive orders or policy solutions have come forward. Thank God. They'd all be upheld by the Supreme Court as unconstitutional. The Democrat activist-based and the media want bold, loud, concrete, destructive action. They want the filibuster abolished, which would, in my opinion, be the funniest thing ever. Let them abolish the filibuster and do so a day after the midterms, <laughs> when the Republicans take control and then the Democrats have no filibuster to fall back on. All they see right now in Democrat land and in the media is a tired part-time president, a man who can't ride a bicycle or walk up a flight of stairs without falling or tripping, a guy who can't even read two sentences on a teleprompter without mumbling, fumbling, crumbling, tumbling, stumbling, bumbling, fumbling, muttering, puttering, fluttering, shuddering, stuttering, stammering. And then they see the possibility of a young Ron DeSantis presidency or even the return of Donald Trump. And now the media is hitting the panic button. They want him out so that they can begin grooming the next Barack Hussein Obama type person. Perhaps gay Mayor Pete or Alexandria Horseface Cortez. I truly don't think the nation could handle it. A Fox News exclusive. Read the private email that Barack Hussein Obama sent his former doctor after he questioned Biden's cognitive health. Former President Barack Hussein Barry Sotero Obama reprimanded his own former White House physician for criticizing Joe Biden's cognitive health on the 2020 campaign trail. This, according to a forthcoming book, in the memoir Holding the Line, A Lifetime of Defending Democracy and American Values, Representative Ronnie Jackson, a Republican of Texas, writes about a stern email from Obama for then-presidential candidate Joe Biden's, quote, crazy statements concerning mental gas, unquote. A criticism he was uniquely qualified to make, having served as the White House physician to Presidents George W. Bush, Barack Hussein Obama, and Donald John Trump. Jackson recalls of the 2020 campaign season, quote, Biden was on TV again, making crazy statements and concerning mental gaffes. He didn't know what state he was in or what office he was campaigning for. He apparently thought at one point he was running for the Senate and later couldn't remember what state he was campaigning in. This had been going on for months and was getting worse. For years, the media had accused Trump of being mentally unwell, and in 2018, many commentators mocked Dr. Jackson for saying that a cognitive evaluation for Trump had been taken, showing he was in excellent mental shape and had absolutely no cognitive or mental issues whatsoever. Dr. Ronnie Jackson. Trump never made crazy statements like the one Biden was making almost every day, Jackson writes in the book. But these people were jumping up and down. He's not fit to be president. He needs a cognitive test. In 2020, when Jackson himself was running for Congress, the media's lack of attention to Biden's cognitive frailty bothered him greatly. He retweeted a video of Biden's latest cognitive misadventure with the message, remember the cognitive test I gave at real Donald Trump? The one he aced? Sounds like somebody else might need some testing done. Scary. Within 20 minutes of that tweet, Jackson received a scathing email from Barack Hussein Obama. Obama's email, quote, I have made a point of not commenting on your service in my successor administration. I've always spoken highly of you, both public and private. You always served me and my family well, and I considered you not only a fine doctor and service member, but also a friend. That's why I have to express my disappointment at the cheap shot you took Joe Biden via Twitter. It was unprofessional beneath the office you once held. It was also disrespectful to me and many friends you had in our administration. You were the personal physician of the President of the United States, as well as an admiral in the U.S. Navy. I expect better, and I hope upon reflection you will expect more of yourself in the future. Well, surprised and flustered by the email, Ronnie Jackson ultimately chose to not respond. He was the bigger man. He says he considered whether to call the former president, but a friend of his, a radio host, former Secret Service agent Dan Bongino, reminded him that Obama did nothing while Jackson was in the midst of a Senate confirmation fight to be 
Trump's secretary for the Department of Veterans Affairs. Jackson wrote, so upon reflection, I thought, you know what? Screw that guy, Obama. I'm not doing it. I just walked away from it, which was the last time I had any contact with Obama. It's awfully ironic now, considering Biden's mental fitness is all anyone, including the liberal media, can talk about. Let it be known as the White House physician for the last three presidents, I was the first to say that we have a serious problem with this man Biden's cognitive demise, and he will not make it four years in office. I've always said there would come a point where it wouldn't just be me talking about this, but his own party. And sadly, that has proven to be the case. Joe Biden's cognitive failures are on full display for the whole world to see. Doctor, Senator, Admiral, former physician to three presidents of the United States of America, Ronnie Jackson. Hold the Line chronicles his journey to the White House as a Navy physician, his relationships with three presidents that he served, and his early political career, when a time when the political left was determined to destroy him. The book, Holding the Line, comes out July 26th of this year. I hope you all consider making that purchase. Folks, I've run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. My apologies. I was going to read the rest of the anti-Biden headlines that are permeating the news, but we'll do that on the next edition of the Truth Hurts program. Make it a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed here are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you are offended, but I retract nothing because I speak the truth. And unfortunately, sometimes the truth hurts. Copyright 2022, the Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing.